episode 16. Welcome back to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry podcast that celebrates voice actors from around the world. I hope you enjoyed our special podcast episode last week honoring the finalists and winners of the 2007 Voicey Awards. Now that we're back in the swing of things, let's kick this show off with the news. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. Hearty congratulations are in order to all the winners of the 2007 Voicey Awards. Award winners this year include Kara Edwards for Best New Voice, Rachel Robinson for Best Female Voice, Adam Bear for Best Male Voice, Bruce Barker for Best Personal Branding, and Derek Partridge, winner of our Lifetime Achievement Award. To listen to the Voicey Award Show, go to voiceyawards.com or check in with the previous episode of Vox Talk. On to our next story. This past weekend was a whirlwind of podcasting bliss for several hundred attendees of PodCamp Toronto held at the Rogers Communication Centre at Ryerson University. Highlights included a lecture by Peter O'Connell of AudioConnell, meeting Elaine Singer, and a presentation by Donna Papacosta, as well as some fabulous networking with colleagues in the podcasting field. If you couldn't make it to PodCamp in Toronto, go to the Vox Talk blog to find some links on how to get there. You can also watch videos from the sessions, including Peter O'Connell's presentation on how to make your podcast more listenable. To wrap up, Mark Cashman received an Earphones Award from Audiophile for an audiobook he narrated entitled Ship of Ghosts by James Hornfisher. Audiophile has also prepared a brief review on Mark's narration skills, which we have republished with Mark's permission on the Vox Daily blog. Congratulations, Mark. To read the review, go to blogs.voices.com slash voxdaily. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. This week in the biz, Johnny George makes technology accessible in a business state of mind with commentary on how to set up a professional home recording studio. Hi, I'm Johnny George from Indianapolis. With the advent of so many voiceover people building their own home studios and many having others do it for them, there's never been more opinions and styles of how to do it. Well, I'm not going to get into all the real techie types of equipment to build and utilize. That's not my point. But just a taste of some good common sense items that you should be thinking of about your studio that may have gone right over your head when you first set up your studio a month ago or several years ago. The old KISS principle of keep it simple, uh, stupid, has never been more important than it is today. Was your studio pulled together by old broadcast equipment? Perhaps cool edit software and a mic plugged into the back of your computer? Or did you pull in a professional studio engineer who built your room from the ground up? Well, no matter what the answer is, the principle of simplicity is oh so important. Here are just a few items that you should take into consideration as you look around your studio today. Are you using quality software to record your voice tracks? Pro Tools, 001, 002, Mbox, Adobe Audition, you know, that kind of thing. Are you using any unnecessary outboard equipment to help process your voice to make you sound bigger or louder or, in your opinion, better? Do you first of all have a quality microphone? The most popular, moderately priced ones are made by Rode, AKG, Sennheiser, EV, MXL, and many others. And are you utilizing an FTP setup to make it convenient for your clients to download your finished voice files? Well, these are just a few questions for serious voiceover people to think about. 
Investing in yourself and your studio are very important. As an example, if you're running an Aphex Expressor, an EQ Curve, and DBX unit to drive your voice when you record auditions, well, that might be all right. But if you're chosen as the talent to complete the job and they ask you to send a raw AIFF wave or high-quality MP3 file with no processing, you're not going to sound like the guy they hired. It's best to give them the real you and truly deliver a clean, unadulterated sound. You know, I was really surprised when I heard a TV spot with my audio on the air one time, but my voice sounded terribly thin. Surely it didn't sound like that when I sent it to him, I thought to myself. Well, the fact was I had utilized a compression and limiting plug-in that worked against me when they finished their processing. I turned it off, and voila! Now my work sounded louder and cleaner on the air. <laughs> Who would have known? As you've probably figured out by now, a purist attitude will pay off for you in the long run. Use a great mic into a very good digital editor and finish with good habits and processing or lack thereof. Conversion of your file into the correct format with the correct bitrate and you'll improve the sound and quality of your voice every time. If you've run into any of these problems yourself, write me and let me in on some of your observations and solutions. In the meantime, thanks for listening. I'm Johnny George. If there was ever a topic that deserved to cross over from tech to business, this is the one. Thanks, Johnny, for sharing your expertise in this area. Much appreciated. If you would like to be featured in this segment, email your MP3 commentary to media at voices.com. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. Here's Adam Fox with more on storytelling in your demo, focusing on the sonic quality of recordings. Well, hi, folks. I guess that last episode was something that hit a sweet spot because the flood of email about it really tells me that there's lots of you out there wanting to cover this kind of thing. And since this is your podcast, I'm going to shelve the topic that I was going to cover this week, and we're going to expand more on what we were talking about last time. So we talked about the impression you're trying to make on a producer and how telling a story with your demo can be a great way to do just that. So how about the actual sonic quality of the recording? Well, you're absolutely right. It's super important. Lots of the demos I get, either for evaluation or ones that I get from people that want me to put something together and produce something of a professional nature for them, often have the same set of circumstances. So let's look at why this happens. I get demos that might peak at the proper level, meaning that the hottest signal in it is at 0.0 dB, but the rest of the spot, or series of spots, depending on the case, are low volume and don't have a whole lot of consistency to them. So to explain that in different terms, you're driving in your car and you're listening to the radio and one up-tempo song comes on and it's really loud and you have to turn the radio down because it's too loud. Then a slow song comes on and you have to crank it up because the volume is just so low that you have to crank it up just to hear it. Now this can happen both with one single spot that has high and low parts in it or when you put all your demo spots together like we were talking about in a story last week and you have your hot demos mixed in with your softer more emotional reads and then that overall volume for the whole demo doesn't seem to match. So how do we prevent this? Well it goes back to production. Always back to the basics right? So mixing a spot with music and background sounds as well as your voice track is more than just getting the track from peaking and clipping. A lot of people will put spots together and they'll they'll say, well, it's it, you know, it's not peaking. It's it's right up there at zero dB. But you know what? The whole volume isn't up there. The whole volume may jump between, oh, I don't know, 15 and 20 decibels from points in the spot. It involves taking each individual track and you have to treat it with its own set of audio parameters. Now you do that track by track. And when you add in the next one, you're checking it against
against the prior track to make sure that by adding in that next track that it doesn't either peak the overall volume or that it's not too soft or too loud to be heard against the track you just finished. Now if you're new to this, it can take you some time to try and find your sweet spot. But once you do, it becomes a very quick, smooth, and efficient process that allows you to hear everything in a very even and normalized fashion. You know, where the overall signal is maybe in that negative 2 to 0 dB range, but it stays there. It doesn't drop depending on the feel of the track. Your softer and more emotional read doesn't mean that your overall volume drops to negative 20 dB. Well, I hope that helps, folks. And as always, you can drop me an email with any questions at adamfox.voices.com or hit me at my website at defiantdigital.com. So take care, people. We'll pick this up next week. Until next time, bye for now. Adam, you're absolutely right. This is your podcast, everybody. So if you want to hear about a particular subject or have suggestions for the show, let your voice be heard. Just shoot us an email at media at voices.com. Voxbox, answering your voiceover questions. I'd like to share a special message with you from one of the Voicey Awards judges, Nancy Wolfson. Hey, this is Nancy Wolfson, president of Brain Tracks Audio and one of your judges on this fabulous contest. Congratulations to all the winners. It is such a pleasure to honor and show respect for a group of people, not just for the pipes they were born with, but really for what these talented individuals have done with them. Thank you to Voices.com. Fantastic contest. It's so nice to celebrate people this way. I believe the future of voiceover really belongs to the self-starters. And the talent on Voices.com and the winners who lead this pack here have really set the gold standard for everything that's necessary to win. Respecting the value of proper training, top drawer demos, all of it wrapped up in the kind of graphic branding that's on par with the standards of Fortune 500 companies. I feel like everyone involved in this ceremony really celebrates where this industry is going in a super way. I just have to give a special shout out to the Braintracks graphics guru who was the creative hand behind the branding of the image that so wonderfully stamps Bruce Barker's artwork, Jason Sykes. The Clio always goes to the ad agency, so I feel much of the credit on that amazing branding does go to Jason for nailing the portrait of Bruce's sound so brilliantly. So, to Kara, Bruce, Derek, Rachel, and Adam Bear, job well done, you guys. See you next year on the virtual red carpet. And with that audio treat from Brain Tracks Audio, we conclude the 16th episode of Vox Talk. If you have a voiceover friend who is not yet a listener of the Vox Talk podcast, send them an email with a link to the show. Remember, those who aren't listening don't know what they're missing out on. It's your job to help spread the word. Keep subscribed, and we'll see you on Thursday.